see. Make moderator. There, there you go. Pow. And then I'll just do I'll do that there. There you go. Um, Emil. So he's in. And then I'm waiting who, for... Who else? Dwayne, but he's not here as yet. All he's right. Not, he's not here as yet. So just bear with me. But um, let me just see. So the group is filling up. Uh, and perfectly on time as well. Awesome. How is everyone? Yeah, man. No, we're all, all good, man. Just trying to. Uh, I think Pedro's going to be joining a bit late. Um, Dwayne did say okay. he was going to be here on time, and Emil, I believe, is there. Yo, yo, yo. Yes, yeah, so Emil is there. Uh, so we'll kick off shortly. I'm just going to um, invite people into the group. So just bear with me for a minute or two, um, and then we'll just basically kick off. Cool. Uh, was you down at this size event yesterday by any chance, Thierry? So, yeah, size event? No, sorry. No, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, because they had that, um, the launch of the, well, not the launch. I think there was just some promotional bits and bobs for the, um, the, what was it, the BW, Persian Violets. Yeah. Okay. Are uh, they out already? I don't know. I don't, I don't, do you know what it is? I'm not, I'm not too sure. And maybe we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll just go into a little discussion about that first. It's just yeah. I don't know if they're out. I, I believe that they're coming out in the next couple of weeks, or maybe the end of this week. Um, and it's just mad that there's such a I don't want to call it a hype, but there is just a lot of noise about them. There's advertising. There's a promotional campaign. There's events for them, but then historically there's been nothing and they've just sat around so it's just a bit mad that they're um, Thierry, pushing the boat out on them I, I, feel, I feel like you should have your own collab on them and call them per, the Parisian Violets uh, say that again sorry I think, I think you should have your own collab on them and call them the Parisian Violets I would love that um, and <laughs> and a, a little thing about the the BW is that, that when I was breakdancing a long time ago before I start dancing with uh, the Harachis and the Puma Suede, the BW was actually a shoe that was very good for, for dancers. And it was a thing in Paris. A lot of B-boys were, were dancing in, in BWs. But then it kind of got lost with the, with the Harachis and the Puma Suede. Uh, that became a lot more trendy. But yeah, I was, I was wearing a bit of uh, BWs in the past as well. So what, what, why, why were they good for um, um, dancing? What, what, I so for I, me, I, I it's like the sole was kind of like, it was kind of like flat compared to all the Air Maxes. Like, it, and it was like getting worn off quite, quite fast. And right. uh, as soon as it gets, uh, you know, worn off and a bit flatter, it's just easier, like, you know, to, to slide on the, on the floor. Right, okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, unless Emil's got questions to ask, as in, as in um, just um, warm-up questions so I can add people in, I might just get started unless you've got a few bits to ask Emil so I can just go down my list. No, cool. yeah, you're Let's good do it. Go, man. Whenever you're Let's ready. go freestyle. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Okay. So for everyone that's in the room, so we are the panel um, minus a few members. <laughs> so it's myself and um, Mills GP, aka Emil. Uh, so as you know, every week we've been doing these conversations where we're catching up with people from the UK scene. Um, uh, I, I, I want to say important figures or most important figures but i know somebody might have a an issue with that so i'm just going to say figures that are in the uk scene that are actually doing bits and bobs and they're in different um territories so today we've got um a guy that you may know obviously it says thierry there but he goes by the instagram name t mcfly so managing director and co-founder of now just 
educate me on how you pronounce the company name because I always seem to mispronounce it and Pedro's not here to correct me. Rain, this is not acceptable anymore. <laughs> after, after, <laughs> after so long, it's it's pronounced visionarism. See, I thought so, that. so to to give you the, the etymology behind the word. Go for it. Uh, obviously, when we created the, the the business, obviously it's a it's a made up word. It doesn't exist, but it's the concept behind being a visionary. Uh, right. The visionary um, uh, um, perspective from on our side is to say, you know, we're trying to look uh, ahead of the trends. Um, you know, understanding what visuals and, you know, things that are going to be appreciated by people in mm. the future. So okay. um, that, that's how it all started in terms of like creating the name behind it. Right. So what, so what, what, what we'll do, um, so just for people that are, that, are, that are in the room, so we'll have, everybody will have an opportunity if they want to, to ask questions to Thierry. Uh, again, what will happen is we'll, you'll get a bit more understanding in regards to who he is and what he does through the questions that myself and Emil will post to him um, shortly. So if you've got anything that comes up, um, that you want to ask, just um, jump in. Um, well, we'll ask you to raise your hands in about 25 minutes minutes and then you can just ask any question that you want to i would encourage you if you're unfamiliar with thierry if you just go into his profile i believe it's there let's just check full profile you can actually go to the team at flight obviously his um his instagram which will then lead you to the company as well so you can have a look and maybe form some questions off the back of that so cut into the chase now thierry so you actually give us a bit of a history in regards to you so you've been in the sneaker game i say sneaker um, streetwear game for a while so obviously not going into the intricate detail so just, just give us a brief synopsis of where you've come from and um, what's led you up into creating the company that you are managing directing sure so i think from my name you can tell i'm french i'm from paris originally right. i moved to the uk to london uh, about six years ago uh before uh before starting visionarism uh i was uh in in the corporate world, I was in finance, uh, not, nothing too exciting. Uh, but when I came to the UK, um, I, I developed a passion for photography and I started Visionarism, which, which is a, um, a creative agency that specialized in digital content creation. So photography, videography, graphic design. Right. And then slowly things led us to do consultancy, uh, event production, um, clothing designs, footwear design, and things like that. Uh, and before all that, before you know, even while I was doing finance and everything, I've always been into trainers, sneakers, and, uh, yeah. and streetwear. Uh, I think I, I've always been into trainers. Like as a kid, you know, um, I had my pair of Air Max every year when I, you know, before starting school, my parents would, would get me that um, uh, to, to to wear the entire year. But I would say I started buying my own trainers at around 16. Uh, I bought my first pair of Air Force One from Foot Locker. Uh, and ever since then, uh, that's when I started taking care of my shoes and you could say start collecting. Like I was starting to keep my shoes right. and never, you know, destroy them. Uh, and that was, <clears throat> I'm 32 today. So that was uh, 16 years ago. What, today? Uh, you're actually 32. So no, no, no. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm oh. 32 now. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say, I was going to get a meal in um, Van Williams. Yeah, I need a cake. I need a cake. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't receive any, any uh, presents uh, today uh, from Emil. Okay, Dwayne. You're, you're a bit, I think your reception is playing up, Dwayne, so you might need to move. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne joined us on the, on the 
3G or 2G or something. <laughs> yeah, I think not, it's on, not even on the it's, it's 1G. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's just on G. edge. It's just on edge, G, yeah. I'm on. <laughs> How's it going, bro? I'm good, man. Good to good to hear your voice. Good, hope yeah. you're doing well. And congratulations, likewise, likewise. man. Thank you, thank you. So then you um so obviously you was working in so I've spoken through before and, and we've had we've chewed the fat about certain bits and you you told me this story about um what got you into <laughs> I think it was what got you into photography and there was a a, a, a toss up I think it was you and your fiance or missus at the time but obviously now wife um in regards to your there was a decision you had to make between a suit and a camera. Yes. Wow. Just, yeah, t- just, 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 just tell us what to hear. <laughs> Sorry, you, you don't remember how to pronounce the business name, but you remember this story. I'm no, no. That. See, it's not that I don't remember <laughs> how to pronounce the business name. My, my, my pronou- I'm from Tottenham. I'm I joking. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> You're not the only one that, that find it difficult. And, uh, and that's just uh, a good subject of conversation to start with. Yeah. But yeah, that, like the, the story, like just to, to bring it back quickly, um, when I was in finance, uh, like let's say that was um, yes yeah, seven years ago uh, from, from today. Uh, my fi- my fiance at the time was asking me like who is my wife today? Was asking me oh it's your birthday coming up. What do you want? I have a five hundred pound budget for you. Do you want a suit? Oh, no, no, this is actually, what do you want? I'm thinking about getting you a camera, like an entry level uh, DSLR. DSLR, uh, DSLR, sorry. And uh, at, at that time I was um, taking pictures with my iPhone. 5c to be to be uh, exact and uh social media instagram started to not blow up but obviously you had more and more events uh, organized by by brands by footwear brands uh and so i would go to events take pictures of my phone post them on my instagram whatever and when i was going on holiday i would take pictures with my phone as well and she saw that i had a bit of interest in taking photography um and she said you want a dslr and you know you can try to learn like a new skill and stuff. And that year, I remember saying, uh, no, I don't really need a camera right now. All I need is a new suit for work. So that's what she got me. And that year, that's when the events really kicked off. And um, if I remember well, it was was probably the first Air Max day in London. I I don't know if it was six or seven years ago, something like that, right? When they were good. Uh, When it was, it was probably the best one. Uh, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, what was the Skepta event on MX Day? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the one where... No, no, was... That, that was way before that, but I was just wondering, like, if the Skepta event was on MX Day, that was a very good one as well. Oh, right. But then okay, the rest, okay. I don't remember most of the rest, so I, like, I, I, they probably were, were not as memorable, but the first one was in Wapping. Uh, it was it was pretty cool. I, was, like, I met loads of people there. Yeah, we became I very good friends. And that's funny to, to think about that day because... Most of the friends I made on the day that I still talk to, when you think about it, like it, it's all made through social media because of you know, events like that. Yeah. Otherwise, yes. I didn't meet them before. I was working in retail for, for a while at Foot Locker, but it's not people that I met then. So those kind of events with social media it definitely helped uh, create uh, creating network. And um, that, that, around that era, that era um, I started taking more and more pictures, posting more on my social media. And one day I get, a, I get an email from uh, the PR agency that looked after um, uh, British Summertime, uh, that, right. you know, a music festival uh, in Hyde Park, right, which yeah, was yeah. sponsored by uh, Barclays at the time. And uh, they say, yeah, we like your work. We like your photography. Would you like to come in for a meeting, uh, you know, to create some content for us on during those two or three days of the festival? I was like, yeah, sick. Nice. And um, so I go into the meeting uh, without you know, you know ex- 
knowing what to expect. I didn't even know like what to charge or anything. And at that time, I, I wasn't even sure if I was going to charge or anything. And uh, we had that very good chat. They asked me for my ideas, what to do, and you know, I, I talk about ideas that I had that that want the things I wanted to do there, and they were quite happy with it. And then they asked me that very simple question, which was like, "What do you what uh, what is your equipment?" Right. That's the, fir- that's the first time someone asked me that. I was like, "Equipment? What would you mean?" And like, "What do you shoot with?" And I had my iPhone 5C on the table. Right. Doing that meeting, I was like, "Oh, shoot with that with this." And they looked at me funny, and they're like, "Okay." <laughs> so I never, I never heard about this guy again. So he was uh, not very polite about that. Um, I remember emailing him again, and he never replied to me again. So he realized, obviously, I wasn't a photographer, and that's what they were looking for. And I thought, oh, and we, we did talk about money, and I thought like he was, he was, uh, he wasn't really well paid. I thought that's pretty good for hmm. two days of work. So he was well paid um, or not well paid. He, he was oh, like today is not something I would charge. I would charge more today because of experience. Yeah, and of course. Yeah. The amount of like I've been doing that for a few years, but back then, I think it was like seven hundred fifty pounds for for two days or something like that. Well, and I was okay. thinking, wow, that's that's really good. Um, <laughs> I need to get in photography. Um, like you know. It, it, like I, I've done jobs we paid a lot more because we have an entire production team and this and that so yeah. I was thinking like at the time I didn't know 750 pounds for two days is pretty good uh, let's do it and obviously I kind of missed out on that because I wasn't shooting with the right equipment but they just right. liked my maybe my eye or my perspective in the way I was uh, you know posting visuals and content on my on my social media channel and uh, from that day basically uh, uh, it was my birthday again and uh my wife asked me again, oh, what do you want this year? Well, maybe I'll, you know, I'll get that camera now. So um, upgrade. Just yeah. to see how it yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got the Canon uh, 750D. So you're uh, a Canon guy rather than a Nikon I am guy. a Canon guy. Yeah, I'm still a Canon guy today. Uh. And uh, I'm still going to stay a Canon guy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got my camera. And like I said, there was events every week for every brand. Uh, some events better than others, but I was going anyways because my friends were going and you're going to network and I was taking pictures and posting them on my Instagram. I wasn't getting paid. I wasn't invited as a photographer or anything. I was just posting content that I liked. Yeah. And eventually you had PR companies uh, sending me messages, sending me emails saying, hey, you have that shot. Our photographer didn't get that. Would you mind like sending that to us and let us know what's the fee for that? Right. So at, that point, at, at, at that time, I was like, I have no idea how to charge for one picture or two so, or three. So I started asking my friends who were photographers, how much do you charge for that? And they, were, they started to tell me like, oh, it depends on the usage and this and that. I was thinking like, wow, I have no, no clue of what you're talking about. So yeah. you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn. I'm going to use what I've learned in you know, business school and what people have admi- advised me with like mentors and stuff. I was like, look, I'm not going to charge you for anything. I'll send you all the pictures I have. Use them if you want to. Uh, however, next time you have an event and you need a photographer, please consider me. Right. That's all I ask. And today I work with pretty much every PR company that look after any sportswear brand. And right. that's how it started. And um, from that point, I was obviously doing that on the side, uh, completely on the side, like um, every now and then I was shooting and stuff. And then I started get, getting bigger jobs where I had to take days off work. Right. Eventually, I took my holidays, all my holidays for, for photography jobs. And I realized, obviously, it was either I completely stopped my finance job to, you know, spend all my time and trying to see if the photography thing can lead somewhere. Right. Or I had to, you know, g- give it up. Otherwise, I had no annual leave to go on holiday <laughs> with my wife. <laughs> right. So right. That, that, was, that was a choice. 
and uh, I decided to to quit my job. Uh, wow. At that time, I, we started uh, with my business partner, Visionarism, which was literally just a content creation agency. Uh, we had very small jobs uh, here and there, and uh, slowly we started growing, and now it's been uh, over five years that Mad. we've been operating. So then, so then give, us the, um, so give us the breakdown into Visionarism. So obviously it's because uh, I, I, I look at it and I see multiple facets it's, it's almost a brand it's a collective I've seen photo shoots I've seen um, I, I don't know I, I think it was a was it um, where was it sneakerness I think at sneakerness you had a stand where you was promoting grills or you had someone yeah. that was doing yeah. grills um so uh, you guys do a hell of a lot but ultimately you're a, a creative um digital media company correct me if i'm wrong so just tell me about how i get how it started but w what is it you 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 do and what, what is it you specialize in so let's start let's start with <clears throat> the beginning it started off as a digital content company so we were doing photography exclusively because that's all i was doing my business partner is a stylist so on photo shoots, we would have a stylist and a photographer, and that's how we were operating at first, right? Right, okay. Um, eventually, people were asking us videography. We didn't have any, like, we didn't do videography, but we knew people who were doing it. So we start hiring freelancers to work on projects with us. And one thing leading to another, we added graphic designers, um, makeup artists, and whatever, right? Um, right. Uh, that's how we started. Like, we start building a, a very strong portfolio of creatives to work with and it, it went from being like an independent small independent agency to like a bit of a collective so really no one is really working for us they're not necessarily part of us but let's say we have a portfolio and a, and a pool of people that we know we can trust and we will pick those people for depending on the project that we work, right. work on right um so eventually we started doing a lot of consultancy. So that's obviously that's the first step of any campaign. Uh, whether we do the, the content creation behind, uh, behind it or not, we, we're getting consulted to talk about, you know, social media strategy or, you know, product launch and stuff. Right. And we did, uh, eventually we did some uh, product design, which came really like randomly because it was our first anniversary and we wanted to do something to, to give some gift to our partners and clients. And uh, we start, you know, printing jerseys and stuff with our logos. Ah, yeah. And and obviously that was a friends and family thing. So people who posted it on social media led us to receiving messages, messages to asking, "Oh, where can we buy this?" And we thought, you know what? Instead of making just fifty for our friends and family, let's make another color and make a hundred fifty and sell it on our website. So we opened right. a, an e-shop on the on the website, which was you know a news website with our portfolio. We start selling jerseys. It all went within a day and a half. So we thought, oh, wow, wow that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so let's see what else we can do. Eventually, we did basketballs, branded basketballs. Those yeah, I saw well. those, yeah. Um, and uh, we got, one day we got a call from, uh, from Foot Locker asking if we wanted to do footwear design with ASICs because ASICs wow. saw some stuff that we did. Like, you know, you all started with, you know, jerseys and this and that. Yes. And they all of a sudden they say, hey, do you want to do footwear design? And I'm like, oh, sick. That's a, that's a, that's a dream for, for a lot of us. So yeah, let's do it. So when was that? Um, what, 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 roughly, what year was that? That was twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Okay, so quite yeah. recent there. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it was all pre-COVID stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, at that time things were moving very fast. Um, we spent uh, almost like 10, 10 months, I would say, working on this project. Uh, like from 
stop to 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 end in a sense like we did the consultancy we did uh the the product design we went we traveled uh in all those countries to get uh inspiration uh behind the design we went to the us we went to japan um went to meet the team in the in the a6 hq in amsterdam so like for wow. us it was mind-blowing because yeah you know like literally like two kids you know into trainer sneakers and getting offered that opportunity, like we, there was no initially, there was even no talk of money. It was like, yes, uh, we're doing, we, we're doing it. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, you know, reality kicks in, and there's obviously a lot of responsibility behind it, a lot of work. So we did, we did all that, and um, that led us to you know people seeing our stuff, you know, on social with social media, people see everything you do, right? Yeah. Then we had people from Japan that we gifted. Uh, our, our footwear, and uh, they were in touch with Barney's, Barney's New York, uh, which is still a, a franchise open in, uh, in Japan, uh, right. which is now closed in the US. Um, and they were like, look, we like that logo, that V logo. What, what is it? What, what are they doing? And uh, my friend from Japan explained to them what we were doing, like, hey, can you get them to come to Japan? We want to do a collection wow. with them. And, uh, and we did. That was, I think, 2019. And... Um, uh, we, we did that. The collection sold very well in, uh, in two pop-up uh, operations, one in Tokyo, one in Kobe in Japan. Um, and then another, uh, another department store called Omid Thunder Hills got in touch with us saying, hey, what you did with Barney's, do you want to do it with us? Uh, which we did as well. We did that in March, uh, in March 2020, so just before the lockdown. We right. actually went you know, one or two weeks before. Um, so that's the, the last time we did, uh, you know, uh, clothing design. Right. And like around all this, like you said, uh, you know, we work with, uh, you, you were talking about sneakiness while we were promoting one of our friends who is an artist uh, doing jewelry. He was doing, you know, oh, right. okay. that. so that's how that came in. Yeah. Like we have a pool of creatives, whatever they're doing, we just work with talented people and people we are friends with. Right. So if we, ha- we find an opportunity for a jeweler, to get it, you know, to get in on a project with Puma, we will. Right. We're just going to pitch it, right? And that it's valid for anything. That's so basically, why, yeah. So within your team, you've, you creatively, you've got something for any business or organization that might work. Yes. So you've got the ju- you've got the jewelers, you've got the, um, you've probably got someone who makes music. You've probably got someone who can paint, design, graffiti. Exactly. And that kind of that's stuff. that's right, exactly okay. that. And whatever you're going to, going to find, even if we don't have it now, we have You'll a network that can f- find it. Exactly. Right. And okay. someone that can vouch, vouch for that person to let us know that we can, you know, safely and creatively work with that person. Like, so, this is very important to us. See, so you've mentioned a few collaborations and, 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 I, and I, was, I was only familiar with the, the ASICS collaboration and then, and I'm not sure if it was a collaboration or, or how it works, but the stuff that you did with... L- so L- I call it LSE. That's what I used to call it from back in the day, yeah. growing up in Tottenham. People say it's LS, whatever. But I'll, I'll, I'll take your professional um, opinion on it. But how did that collaboration come about? And you've obviously designed a, 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 a trainer with LSE. What was the inspiration behind it? So there was, a, a, I think, LS, well, I call it LS, you know, LSE, um, like whatever pref- people's preference is. Um, they came to London... And they were doing an operation where they were giving the opportunity to multiple collectives, uh, I think whether it was in the UK or in Europe, to right. design their own uh, LS tanker. That silhouette, which is uh, like a vintage silhouette that they're trying to, you know, um, bring back and upgrade. 
Right. And um, so uh, Franklin, King of Trainers, uh, designed one as well. Yeah, I think there's sorry. other people in the UK that, that done it. Obviously, we were one of the collectives that uh, they've selected to, to design a shoe. And um, to be very honest, it was not so much like direction. They were like very cool. And the, the silhouette is quite simple for us to play. It's like, it's like an, an Air Force One or a Stan Smith, right? It's like it's, there's a lot you can do. And at the same time, you want to stay simple because it's a simple shoe. And uh, they, I don't know, like, do you remember the the shoe? What it looks like? Yeah, I do remember. I, what, no, I, yeah, I think it was um, was it tan hits, um, white um, white base with tan hits on it. I think so. It was white base leather, um, like gum color, like a brown. Gum. Yeah. Okay. Color hits and a bit of red. Right. So the inspiration, like, to be fair, well, I was thinking about a, a color block, a color blocking, a color, you know, color scheme, and I thought about the Tom Sachs. <laughs> The Nike Tom Sachs. I thought, yeah, I like that. Ah, right, scheme, okay. But obviously, I don't want to replicate. It's not like Nike ID when you replicate stuff. I want to I do something that had a meaning. And it was such a simple shoe. Uh, I didn't want to do something that what that would take away that identity of like, you know, classic, right? So I thought, you know, they have a good leather. Uh, let's do a white shoe like, like you would get a, a pair of Stan Smith uh, or a pair of Reebok Classic. You would want that white leather shoe. So yeah. let's, let's go with that. And uh, I... I've always been a fan of uh, gum sole. So the yeah, gum sole was, uh, was an idea that I really wanted to have on the shoe. And I was asking, like, what can we do with that? And um, the sole is like, it's not split like a normal sole with a, an out, uh, like a, a midsole and an outsole, right? Like the yeah. outsole is quite big on the front and the back. And I thought, hey, can we make it, you know, gum? They're like, cool. But now I want to make all the details gum that I've never seen before on the shoe, which is like the back tab logo, the LS logo. And um, the side LS logo. Can we make those gum? Right. And they're like, yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. And um, they made it happen. So that was that was cool. Uh, so the shoe is very simple. We have our logo uh, on the insole and on the tongue. And for the the color, the, the, the little pop of color. And uh, I'm Asian, so red is a is a very lucky color. We added the, the red on the logo uh, on the shoe. So if you look at it, the colorway is like the Tom Sachs colorway, but there is a bit of, a, of another inspiration behind the, the design. But right, yeah, it's okay. just something like simple, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. And, and, and it showed that sometimes simple is best. I know people like to do a lot of, um, I don't know if you saw that episode of Simpsons where Homer designs a car and it just had everything in it. So technically, it's a really good I haven't car, watched but... that, but I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, visually, it's, it's horrific. So just, just moving on from that, so I'm just conscious that, because what, what, what we tend to do is, is normally half an hour of us um, yeah. asking questions and then we kind of open it out i might i might pull that over a little bit longer than the half an hour um just to reset the room though so for all those that are in the room or just joined so we have um t mcfly so he is the managing director of visionarism 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 sorry no you um, said that so perfectly there you go creative <laughs> marketing company um would you say you're based out of the uk or is it just a, a global thing so the business was born in london so right, okay we can say we, we, we're definitely saying we're based in the UK, but we've worked in many countries. Like we, we're very lucky that our projects have led us to go to the US a lot of time, to Asia yeah. a lot, to travel all across Europe. So we, we can say we're international, but 
the business was born in London. It's based, so based in UK, yeah. yeah. Okay, so based, based, based in the UK. Um, so we're posing questions to him. So what, what I'm probably going to do is um, I've got a few questions that people have um, sent us in on Instagram via DM. And if there's anybody in the crowd that has a um, question to ask, just bear it in mind. There will be a time, it will be time in about 10 minutes where I'll open it up and I'll start going through the questions from instagram and then the questions from the people that are actually in this chat so don't raise your hand as yet but as soon as i give you the sign um raise your hands and then i'll bring you up so thierry back to your um back to this conversation so you you talked about the the whole thing about trainers now you're uh you, you're a collector you, you can definitely see that i think you're one of the few people that i know that own a pair of um mags with that, you've been around in the scene for a long time as well. But what is your thought on the sneaker scene or the trainer game now, in comparison to what it was um, when you was when you just started collecting? Um, obviously, the the releases are very different. When I started, uh, if we're talking about like sixteen years ago, how it started was uh, campouts only for for uh, very uh, high like shoes that were high in demand. Like, yes. I'm going to say mainly Jordans. When I started, that those were the shoes that were the hardest to get. Uh, what, 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 like, what year was that, would you say? Sorry, I, the reason why I keep asking you about year, I'm just trying to um, date stamp things so people can people that may, that might be new collectors or new into the game, they can see where, where some of the old, I, I don't know if you want to call yourself an OG, but some of the older collectors have started from. So it was 16 years ago, 20, like 2005. Right, okay. That's when... Uh, like I said, I walked into Foot Locker with my own money uh, that I saved up and I bought a pair of Air Force One for 90 euros yeah, in Paris. I think. So then what was out? Um, those are Jordan 5s, um, I think 2006. Yeah, that, that's around that era where Jordan 5s were like very, very, very trendy. Um, actually, like to be fair, it wasn't um, something that was that much in demand. It was only for the people that were into Jordans. Like it wasn't like 2000 and let's say 10 when a lot more people were aware of Jordans. I'm going to be, be real with you. When I bought Jordan fives and I brought them to school, nobody thought I was cool. <laughs> Only I thought I was cool. But that's the truth. But that's yeah, the truth. Yeah. People were like, what, what are those space shoes? Yeah, like, bulky, bulky trainers. Like, yeah. yeah I was in, I was, I'm from Paris. So people were wearing TNs, Air Maxes. Yeah. But like that's stuff that are widely available in Twitter. So nobody, there was no hype around it, right? Right. Um, and I had those pair of Jordans, uh, like Jordan 5 Green Beans and stuff like that. And people were like, what the hell is that? But I thought it was cool because I was listening to a lot of hip hop. I was watching, uh, you know, uh, video clips and that's what I liked. Um, and it's, I think, so back then it was like also camp out. So that's when I met some of my best friends today who are real OGs, like they much older than me like i'm 32 right. they are like 40 and above maybe they were the ones that i can see the ogs the says like they really started that that whole thing before them it was just sports shoes right i don't think now you know like it's the era of jordan where when he made air jordans a thing you know like i don't know if you watch uh, the last dance and he's talking about that era yeah um where things started going crazy like naz is talking on it saying oh look you're like a superhero if you're wearing jordans that's that's that era of, pe of people that started that um so i i was going to to launches because i was looking on the internet on forums i found out which store was getting what so i'd go and you would have a queue of people but everyone was getting a pair back then 
Yeah. Because there was enough for like if there was a hundred people queuing, I'm talking about France, right? Not the US, but if there was a hundred people queuing outside, there was hundred fifty pairs. Yeah. So technically you could queue up a second time and get it just your double up if you wanted to, right? Yeah. And uh, um I started enjoying camping out because I was talking to these people. And back then, you were, you were camping out not really because you wanted to secure your pair because you, were, you, you knew you would get it if you came in the morning. It was more to hang out with people. Right. And um, as we you know, go through the years, I was becoming a student. Uh, I was going to uni. And the, the releases, actually, weirdly, uh, they were either on a Saturday morning or on, on a Thursday or whatever. Actually, it was, it was Saturday morning. So, which means that after school on Friday... I had to go straight to uh, Nike store House of Hoops to uh, to queue up, right? right? To camp out on that. And that's when there was a real demand. So if you don't queue up, you're not getting a pair the next day. Uh, that's the time of um, like Jordan 5, uh, Jordan 4, the Cavs. When they, like, that's the shoe oh, that I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That era. Like, I, I think everyone remember that era like, kind of being like kind of crazy. Fomposite, mm. uh, uh, Galaxy, Jordan 13, uh, Ray Allen, like that era where camp out was a real thing. Like if you don't camp out, forget about it. And even if you camp, there was loads of, you know, dodgy stuff, back door, whatever they were fights. Yeah. And it was always, you know, a bit of a, of a stressful moment to go to camp out. Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's like completely changed where it's all raffle. You can't even try your shoes on when you buy, when you buy them and, and everyone is in the sneaker game. It, you see with that like it's, it's funny that you say that try your shoes on no one does yeah, it's funny no one actually does no, that do, yeah. do, do, do you think that do you think that era of of raffles and whatnot is is killing or 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 stopping the scene from growing in in the way that it should be growing in regards to what you described from back in the day in, in paris I think from a business perspective, there is no other way to, to release things and make people happy when right. there is that much demand, right? But yeah, of course, it's, release, it's removing the, the whole pleasure and experience for, 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 from a customer to not be able to, you know, have the real a sentiment of option. So you go yeah. in, you try it, and if you actually don't like it, you don't buy it. Yeah. Now it's like the stress of, hey, if I don't buy it, I can't get it anymore. And anyways, if I buy it's not my size or whatever, I can still sell it. That's what people yeah. do. And so, you can't blame them. That, that's, that's just how the game is. But I, I when agree. I went I, at the beginning, you would go in, so you don't know what size you're buying. You, you know you're a size eight and a half or nine. But if that shoe fits small, you can, because you were in the queue and you were number five or whatever, if your size that you asked for is not the, the right one, you can ask for another one and they'll bring you another pair. They, I, and yeah, go ahead. No, no, you're right. And it's funny, it's funny that that, that I've been outside. Well, this was ages ago. I've been camping outside Foot Patrol for something, and um, they've the, the, the whispers come out that there's only I don't know eighteen pairs, and, and I'm number I don't know six, for example. I'm a seven and a half. The guy in front of me is a is an eight and a half, and his size sells out because the two people in front of him are eight and a half. So he, he grabs a seven and a half, and and it's like. At that time, you're thinking, Jesus, I should really just rob this man. Well, obviously, that's just me, but I, I, not that I would do it for everyone that's in the crowd. But it's, it's the game's changed. Like I, I've been places where the same situation's happened, and the guy said, look, no, I'm, I, I was literally coming for an eight and a half. I'm, I'm not going to take any other size. You go through and make sure you get that. And that's why I, I think the the niceties that were in the scene are, are almost dying. But but with that in mind, what what 
do you think could happen or what do you think needs to happen for those niceties to come back? Uh, I feel like it's a really hard question to answer. Like, it, it, imagine um, from a brand perspective what they could do to, to change that is, would be to make more products more product available to people, right? So then mm. you don't really have to, to do raffles. There is no crazy queues because people know it's available, they can buy it. But the problem is when it's like that, it becomes a, a GR. No one wants to buy it. So yeah, no, exactly. no one wants to buy it. So we, we all, um, we're the victims of the system, but we also the reason why it's like that. If we were like in the ideal world where forget about resale and you're just buying what you like, then none of this will happen. Yeah, true. Yeah, very true. Very true. But the, right. the problem is, is that everyone likes every, well, not everyone. A lot of people like everything, so it doesn't matter yeah, what comes but, out. But let's be honest. Like, I'm, I'm not saying about other people. I'm, I'm talking for myself as well. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a consumer as well. Yeah. When there is hype about a product, even if I don't like it at first, it will grow on me, and I'll think like, oh, yeah, it's nice. And if I have access to it, why not buy? Because I like, like you said, I'm a collector. I like buying. Yeah. Like I like buying trainers. Like loads of them I haven't worn. <laughs> but they're here just in case. Like, you know, it's, it's, it feels good to, to, have, to own it. Yeah, you know definitely. what it, like, the, you know, the fear of missing out, all this stuff, all this stuff is real from our yeah. generation, right? And I feel like th we are the reason why it's like that and we just have to accept it. And, but at the same time, I'm a bit like, I feel like I've became wiser as I got older. Like, if I miss out on something, I won't go crazy and go buy resale. I'll just say like, that's fine. I, I missed out on that. It's cool. There's something else coming out next week. Yeah. And if you if you try to adopt that that mentality, then there is no resale. Like yeah. there's nothing that, that is too important for you to try to get. Like really nothing. So slightly moving on. So uh, apart from the the marketing angle, which comes from um, collaborations, and I'm, I'm more talking about clothing retailers or, or apparel retailers um, doing collaborations with, with brands and, and bringing out trainers. What, what's your thought on that? What, what, what do you mean? Can you say that again? Yeah, so you know, so you know you've, got, you've got clothing brands. So yeah. let's say, for example, Off-White, linking up with yeah. Nike and, and, and producing a, a trainer range. Now, from a marketing point of view, it, it obviously makes sense. It creates longevity. <laughs> um, it, 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 it gives a, a step into another market. But what, what's your thought on it? I, I think it's a good thing. Like, it's it's like opening um, like these these air areas to different audiences. Like people who are buying Nike might not be buying off white. People who are buying off white might not be buying Nike trainers because maybe it's like to them it's a lower uh, positioning for their their kind of people or their kind of uh, purchases. So it just creates like a, a sentiment of you know, community and culture, however you call it. But it. it, it it grows the, the audience for right. both brands. So from a brand perspective, I think it's, it's a great thing. And for us, again, as a consumer talking, it's exciting. I like it. Like, there are collaborations that make no sense, then I just have to not buy it, which is fine. <laughs> but um, the, the collaborations that Nike uh, do especially are always, uh, I think, well thought. And even if you don't get it, I think there's something to, 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 to like within it. Yeah, that, that's in my personal opinion, anyways. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. So let me just, um, uh, Pedro's <coughs> just joined. So big up Henry in the building. Yo, yo, yo. Hello. Sound, sounding a bit hoarse and all that. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Pedro, I'll, I'll probably bring you in in a second if you've got if you've got a question. What it is, I'll reset the room quickly. So um, again, we are here with our guest T McFly. Um, 
He is the managing director, co-owner of Visionarism. What I'm going to do in probably about, um, well, after the next question, um, I'm going to put it out there to anybody that has any questions or wants to ask anybody. So if you're thinking about, right, I want to start up a creative industry or a, a creative um, a creative company, how can I do it? That might be a question you want to ask. Any, anything, as long as it's not disrespectful. Um, and then as um, Pedro always says, the, the, the guest always reserves the right not to answer a question. Um, so... Again, we're all respectful and whatnot, so we don't need to go through that. Um, Pedro, is there anything you want to ask before I um, plow on? <clears throat> yeah, evening, um, team at Fly. How are you? Hey, bro. I'm good. How are you? Nice. I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, I, I caught the tail end of um, uh, a response to one of Rain's questions where you said, we're living in an age where um, FOMO is real, which I yeah. totally agree with. However... Um, you also mentioned as well that people now, when they buy kicks, they're not, they don't have the opportunity to try on the size. They literally, it's a choice of pick up or miss out. Do yeah. you think as a result of all of those elements that co the collecting in of itself has been like the fun of collecting has been sucked out of um, the sneaker culture. And now everything's just looked at from a, a numbers point of view or a business point of view or a, a point of view whereby it's not about collecting anymore it's about value and resale and all of that sort of stuff i mean yeah that, that's that's just how the game has evolved like like, f like a, a little story that that i had um happening to me a few years ago i was walking in amsterdam in the airport and i was wearing the the course jordan four jordan fours uh, they just released and someone stopped me and said Yo, are you crazy? Are you wearing a $2,000 shoe? I was like, no, they cost the 170. He was like, no, but the resale value is 2,000. I was like, I didn't pay them 2,000, so I'm wearing a 170, like 200 pound shoe. And that was the debate. And the guy was like, he was actually mad. And I was with people, they were like, what's wrong with this guy? He was like a 40 years old plus guy and you know, out of nowhere, like, I think he was a dad, he was with his kids or whatever, and he said that to me, I'm thinking, like, like, there is no debate here, it's just, like, you think, everyone has a different, like, valuation of, of products, and unfortunately now, however much you spend on a pair of shoes, people see the, the market value, people go, like, five years ago, people were looking on Flight Club, now they look on StockX. Yeah, it's and, true. And if you bought it for resale, okay, cool, You that's the value of your shoe, but when people say, oh, you crazy to wear, like, a a shoe that is cost no, I didn't pay that much, so no, I'm not crazy. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. And that's what people don't understand. And because the game is changing and going towards this direction, that's where it's creating um, fear of missing out. Because people feel like they, they're missing out on money. But the reality is, if you really like a shoe and you start wearing it, and you wear it to, to death, uh, there's no value neither. It's just for you to know that you have a cool shoe. So, like, th there is no one to, to blame, really, or even not the businesses. That's just how things are. And there's more and more demands. Now people see the more demand there is, the, the higher the value of the, of the secondary market is going to get. And we just have to live with it. That's what I've always been saying. I'm not trying to be, like, you know, a pacifist. Or, you know, like, or, you know I, can, I can also, you know, criticize loads of things. But I feel like that's the market that we've created as a community and we just have to evolve with it fair enough fair enough um another question and um in fact 
it goes to you as well. When you wear your uh, calls, George, for, yeah, you feel like a superhero. Uh, not really, no. Uh, the truth <laughs> is, they, 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 they killed my foot. Uh, I never won them again. <laughs> really? No, yeah, I won them once only. And they still have blood on the, the right foot or something like that, on the leather at the back. You got blood uh, on your shoes? Yeah, yeah. They, like, you know, it's like every shoe. Some cut some people, some don't. And I was in Amsterdam for two days for, like, it was a, a Foot Locker press trip. So we were, like, on our feet all day long. And they were killing me. And I only brought one shoe. And that was a terrible memory of, uh, of the shoe. So I didn't feel like a superhero now. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily feel like a superhero wearing them. I I know that they are something special, and I know for people oh, that are for sure. yeah, and and for people that are in the know that they want them. It's like it, it how I in my head when you see rare trainers on people's feet, um, it's almost like like how often do you see a, a Bugatti Veyron driving down the high road? Probably almost <laughs> like, never. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. I see what you yeah. mean. Yeah, and it's... and for me. I, 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 that, that's the feeling I get. I, I'm wearing something which is quite special. Some people don't. Some people don't even know. Like I, I, I might wear them with some of my my, my bedrooms down in, in in Tottenham or in South, and they just see them as a pair of Jordan fours that they couldn't get, but they don't understand the whole link with cause and, and maybe yeah, what they're of course, worth and, of course. and in in that sense, then yeah. I mean, sometimes you know you wear a cool shoe that there's a, loads of hype around or something that hasn't released yet and stuff. So you walk around in London and people stop you and they say, oh, you know, like nice shoes. It feels good. You know, like, yeah. you know, when, when in the past people say, oh, you're um, breaking necks because people were just like, oh, you know, turn around and look at your feet and stuff. That, that feels good for, like, for everything. It's like, obviously good for your ego or whatever it is, but yeah, once it's gone, it's gone. It's not, it's not the major, major deal. It's not really like the the real superhero feel where, you know, like, give me um, Spider-Man's uni- um, suit and then I'll feel like a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, I heard that. I'll come back to you, Pedro. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to open it up now. I've got, I'm going to, I'm going to chop it up between question, questions between myself, the audience, and then the questions. So I've, I've had about, let me just check. So I've had uh, four questions coming from the Insta. Um, and then there might be people in the audience that might want to ask a question. So if you are in the audience and you want to ask a question, um, just raise your hand and we'll bring you up on stage. Um, oops, let me just bring up this person right now. Oops, Jesus, there's loads of people coming up. Um, so there's two people coming up. So what I'll do, I will go through to um, Mr. Christmas first, then Jason Sculpts, and, and then Trony Kicks. So go for it, Mr. Christmas. Hey, it's Jerry, man. Long time. Hey, uh, welcome, guys. How's it going? I was going to ask, in your whole collection, what was the best cute, uh, lineup that you had that you um, collecting this year? What's your favourite shoe in your collection? Um, my favourite shoe in my collection? Um, Rain mentioned I have, a, I have a pair of, uh, of mags, and it's a shoe that I've always wanted since I watched uh, Back to the Future 2. Uh, so being able to get my hands on them uh, feels pretty crazy. Like if you say, uh, like you know, asking me one of the most memorable shoe, memorable shoe in my collection, that would definitely be one of them. Now, um, one of the best story as a uh, at the release uh, for me would be the Jordan One Art Basel. That would be my most memorable oh, yeah. release. 
That's a big and, and also one of my favorite shoes. Also one of my favorite shoes. The Soulfly Art Basel or the So no. The the one that uh, Social Status released. So oh, the, okay. the two Jordan ones, the um, Rust Pink and uh, uh, Eagle. Yeah. There you go, that's yeah. That's the one. Big thing. Any other questions, Mr. Christmas? No, that's cool. I just Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Alright, just work on your fantasy football team. Jason Scopes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Just lick off a shot real quick. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So you got a question for um, team? Yes, yes. Good evening, Thierry. Um, good evening. With the 40th anniversary coming up next year of the Air Force One, what would you like to see return, or what would you like to see introduced um, for the Air Force One? Um, like shape is uh, obviously a thing that. Uh, I would love to see, like, come back, like, shape from, you know, the 2001 era when it was the best yeah. Air Force One shape. Uh, I mean, I know you're a big Air Force One guy, so I think, I, I, I imagine you agree. But yeah, seeing, like, good retros of, um, of very good colorways from that era would be great. I know they've done a few already. Uh, I don't think the execution was, has always been great. Like, when they did uh, the Wheat Air Force One last year. Uh, the mid though. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, I still have it here. Like it looked like um, like a toffee dessert or whatever. Like yeah. no, that that wasn't good. Um, but yeah, like they, yeah. they did the, the the linen Air Force One for Kif uh, a few years ago. I mean, that's that was a bit unfortunate that it wasn't more widely uh, available. Um, the the Atmos colorway should come back. I would love it to, to see it come back. Yeah, that would be. I don't know. Like shoes like from that era, but well made. Not uh, in terrible quality uh, leather with a very, you know, um, square shape. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what ideally I would like to see. And maybe see some, like, maybe very limited, whether it's accessible or not, but release, like, um, like the OG PlayStation, like a retro of that. Oof. Make it very limited, but things like that. You know, like, yeah. to make it exciting for, for Air Force One collectors to, yeah. to bring back that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, that's a yeah. big anniversary, so that would be nice. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Thank you very much. A, que a question you, to both of you, uh, uh, being Air Force One collectors. What if Nike didn't do anything for the 40th year anniversary and just, well, just did nothing and just maybe just released a traditional Air Force One in its OG status? Says, oh, OG, the, the, the white Air Force One, and that was it. Would that be like a real slap in the face? That'd be that a tragedy. Then we'd be saving a lot of money, though. That's, uh, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> that would be a tragedy. And that yeah, it would, it would be a tragedy. put that in the atmosphere. Do not put <laughs> badness like that in the atmosphere. Something is going to happen. It's going to be very nice, yeah? And we're all going to get pairs. Uh, oh, are, are yeah, you fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Is that inside information, Scopes? I wish. I wish. Oh. I don't know nothing, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to put some good energy out there, man. I heard that. I heard that. And it's just, it's, just, it's just a bit of a question. And, and again, one last one. I heard in, so, regards to, in regards to Air Force One. So I've just, I've seen a, I think I've seen a picture of two off-white Air Force One. I think they're mids. Yeah, all right. Now, now, now there's... What's our thoughts on those? I don't like mids. I don't, I don't like, like mids neither. You, no. you know what the problem is with mids? That middle panel. If yeah, it's different from the, panel, the nose and eyes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If that middle panel looked like looked like a um a normal Air Force One, low or high, it wouldn't be as bad. 
but Lord of Mercy, that middle channel. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Thierry? Same, same, same sentiment. Yeah, I mean, they, they will and they have to. Um, it's too big a shoe not to do anything with it. Like uh, with what, how they rinse the the dunk. Mm. If they don't do it with the Air Force One, I mean, like they're gonna. I think they're gonna do exactly the same thing. They're gonna release loads of cool retros. They're going to do loads of uh, new colorways. They're going to make Travis Scott wear loads of Air Force Ones. And then all of a sudden, like, everyone's going to be wearing Air Force Ones like, that are, like, different colorways from the the triple white or the or the triple black, you know? Right. Um, so we'll see. I mean, once again, like, whether they do or not, at this stage, like, you're just saving money if, if they don't release a 25. Yeah. Uh, very, very important Air Force One. It's a, it's, and it's a, it's a big opportunity missed if they don't. But um, hey, let's see, of course, let's see what they of do. Of course, of course. But uh, uh, a question for yourself again. This is from the Instagram. I, you know what? It is? I made a schoolboy error. I've written down the questions, and I haven't written down anyone's name. So I, I apologize to people that are listening or listening back. And it's your question. But um, shoe of the year, trainer of the year so far from what's been released, not what's coming, just what what's been released in your view from what you've picked up. What is it, and why? Uh, I I've said it at the beginning of the year, and I'm still thinking now. It's to me the Amamanier Jordan Three. Right. Very <laughs> correct guy. Correct guy. <laughs> All right. So you know what? It was a quick fire one. Uh, Tony <laughs> Kicks, you are on the stage. You've got a question. Please. Yo, everybody. Yo, Terry. Yeah. How are you doing? Hey, you bro. all right? I'm, all right. I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. So the first question is: Did um, Corona affect your platform? Um. Definitely. Um, from a business perspective, we used to shoot a lot of events, like every week, one or two a week. Um, we were doing production for some, some events, and obviously that hasn't happened even until now. Mm. We haven't shot proper events. I've went back to my first event last week for the, the Face Magazine's uh, launch okay. uh, in King's Cross. So like, that was the first time I was uh, you know, in a room with 200-plus people having drinks, you know, nobody's wearing masks and everyone's having fun and listening to music and stuff. Um, so that's the kind of stuff we were shooting in the past. Uh, it hasn't really properly <coughs> happened for us back yet, especially mm. with our biggest clients, like the retailers such as uh, Foot Locker, you know, uh, the, the, those kind of retailers that used to throw big parties. I mean, I think all of you were, were there as well, so you know what, I'm, what I mean. Um, but apart from that, it's like, it, it, it was, uh, an opportunity for us to, to realize like you have to make efforts all the time. We were at the, at a stage where we were sometimes like happy and comfortable to get jobs every week because we, we had emails coming through and people wanted to work with us or we had loads of projects lined up and, uh, with the pandemic hitting, we had to go back to those people and say, Hey, uh, you know, do you have anything for us? Uh, we have ideas to do things, do that. And he worked with a few people like Puma is, uh, is, uh, is uh, one of our clients that who was very uh, open to those kind of suggestions, uh, <laughs> even though it was like whether it was it was big or small budgets, they were quite keen on um, helping us back instead of us supporting them when they needed us for campaigns and stuff. Um, so, like, I know you had uh, Jojo last week. Uh, I was there at the, at the beginning of the conversation. Uh, and then I had to go, but Jojo is one someone that I worked with on a on a community project with uh, with Puma, uh, and he was during the in the middle of the pandemic where no one was getting jobs, like literally all the photographers, all the freelancers we were working with, no one was getting jobs, and we managed to secure a bit of a budget to do something cool, 
And um, so that's the kind of stuff we had to do. Uh, but luckily, the last few months, we started being busy again. Um, but still, no events, no, no shooting events. So hopefully that will come back eventually. Okay, okay. Right. I have a, have I have a question? Yeah, I do have a second question. So other than Air Jordans and Nike, what brand, and if, if so, and if you could name another shoe that you like as well, other than um, Air Jordans and Nikes? Um, then the first that comes to my mind is uh, Puma Suede. Uh, that's one of my favorite shoes of all time because um, I I was a b-boy before. I was breakdancing and that was the biggest shoe in breakdance. Because um, I was getting inspired a lot by the, the style of the American dancers and the uh, Korean and Japanese, which were like some of the coolest dancers for Europeans. Like the French were really cool, were really good technically, but they didn't have the style of the Americans and the, and the Asians. And American Asians, they were all wearing Puma suede. And they were wearing Beatty's pants, uh, white tees with a very big beanie on the head, you know, like oversized beanie. And that was the, the style we were like, you know, looking up to. And uh, the most accessible thing and wearable every day was the Puma suede. So, and it was a cheap shoe as well. I think back then was, if I'm not wrong, was like 45 euros or 50 euros or something like that. So it was very easy for me to destroy them and buy another one. Uh, so yeah, if, he, if, he, if he was a Nike or Jordan, I would say the, the next shoe would be the Puma Suede. Okay. All right. Um, just to tag on to um, your response, Thierry, what's your favorite power move in um, breakdancing? Um, the, the air flare is a very good one yes. uh, that I never managed to master. Uh, I had one elbow flare, which is... Which is not good enough, but yeah, the the air flare. Oh, are you are you a dancer too, bro? No, no, no. <laughs> are you asking a This is no night fever dancing. So <laughs> 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 Travolta. No, I'm I'm not a dancer, but in terms of um, b boy style, um, I like locking um, rather than power moves. Power moves. Yeah, no, I can get it. I can get it. Yeah. But locking, locking for me is um, is pretty pretty cool. <laughs> All right, cool. Let me uh, another question. Uh, I can't remember if this was the Instagram one or if it was for me. But um, so New Balance. So there's definitely been a um, a resurgence um, in regards to the brand, which is New Balance. Mm -hmm. Two 2021, they've done a lot, and through lockdown, they've done a lot. Do you think yeah. they are potentially? A brand to I'm not saying to take over Nike or to take over Adidas but to have a year which makes Nike and Adidas look almost like they, they don't know what they're doing or they've lost the plot if, I think if you're talking about figures I don't think it, it can no not figures not, not figures just, just just presence I'm talking about presence on the high street and then, then, then yeah the they I think they're doing it already like all their collabs um, are really well thought like there's yeah. other brands that collab with everyone and you know do loads of collabs that are cool you know the association of good brands together but sometimes it doesn't make so much sense or there is the, the storytelling behind it isn't great while for new balance everything they do makes sense it looks good you know like it's as simple as that and uh it makes people want to buy it. like i i wasn't a big um new balance guy for like I, my first new balance i got it like maybe three four years ago but right. now it's like 
every releases, like I want to get my hands on them because they just look good and I like them. Right. And um, that just shows a lot about the market because, like I said multiple times, whether I work in the industry or not, I'm a consumer. So if he works, the marketing works on me, then they're doing something right. Yeah, hear that. I hear that. I hear that. All right, just to um, kind of reset the room. So we've been going for dead on an hour now. We, we try to keep these down to uh, an hour conversation. I've got a few more questions and then Pedro and Emil might have some more questions. What I will say is, is that if there's anybody in the um, audience that has uh, a question, just raise your hand and we'll bring you up and you can ask that question. Um, yeah, so for me, so again, I, not, not, not finally, but I guess one question that came through on the Instagram was about the trophy room ones. And it was more about what was your thoughts in regards to what happened with that whole trophy room one situation. So let me get it straight. Is it like the whole backdoor thing? Because actually, I, I heard about it, but I wasn't really too invested in it. Yeah, ba basically that. I I, I I wasn't too invested in it either. But I, I think from what from what I've got is that um, there was numerous players that went to Trophy Room. Trophy, uh, the, the guy who owns Trophy Room, um, basically backdoored them to bedrooms or resold them himself or whatever it may be. And the owner of Trophy Room is uh, Michael Jordan's son, right? That's right. Is that correct? I mean, it's it's bad if majority of the pairs are backdoored and your your customers at the door can actually see that most of them didn't end up being in the hands of the actual consumer. Um, but let's be honest, backdooring like it's 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 a bad word today. Uh, but if it's about hooking up your friends, like I worked at Foot Locker before ten years ago, and I'm not I'm, I didn't backdoor anything because I'm not. I don't own the store, but I would put stuff aside, right? Like, I think we all would do that for our friends and stuff. And when you have 250 friends that you're close to, then the stock goes really quickly. So, I mean, it's not nice, but I guess it's a reality where, again, their friends and whoever get those shoes, if it's not resellers that got, you know, 50 pairs in one go, um, it's just friends of, uh, of Marcus Jordan and that. We can't really blame him. Now, if it was actual backdoor where it's like he sold um, big, you know, big amount of pairs to the same people or to the same resellers for, for more money than the, the retail price, then that, that's what I call real backdoor. And it's, it's annoying because a business shouldn't do that if someone has a real mm. account with, uh, with a brand. Um, but once again, it's a, it's a sad reality where... The truth behind behind backdoor, you have to think like stores aren't doing that great, like retailers, like especially independent retailers, because right. when you when you don't sell your when, when when you don't have a major release like an off white and a trophy room whatever, the rest is staying on shelves. Like the truth is, nobody wants them. Like you go into any retailer in London, you see the same stuff, and the good stuff is not there because it's sold to you know people like us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's like everyone has the same shoes uh, like in, in their store H how do they make money yeah. and, and I can see smaller retailers um, take that that route because they have no other options so so, so, so would you be in fact uh, would you be a fan of then it's just something that's coming to my head so let's just say you've got okay in the UK you've got SNS you've got Foot Patrol you've got Size to an extent Offspring um, Route 1 um, um, Altitude End and all of that so what could a 
because what you said there is that every all, all the shops tend to have the same stuff. Some yeah. shops don't. So your skateboarding shops, they have skateboard only. But could or would it be a help to the scene if retailers only got one thing? So, for example, the the Air Max ones that only went to Offspring. The the the, the Travis Scott Air Max ones only went to End. So you had to shop at these retailers. Would, is is that something that should be done? or could be done i mean i don't think it should be done because every business needs to make money so when you have an allocation of 2000 travis scott ones for the uk for example you need to split that up because mm. so everyone can get right. you know people going to, to through their stores now something like the pata mx1 to me should just go to pata because that's mm. their collaboration um you were talking about end clothing they do loads of collabs and that should just be in their stores. Now, if it's like Travis Scott or something else like Yeezys and stuff, that should go to the right tier of, of retailers. Uh, and, uh, but all of the good retailers should get that yeah. so that they have the opportunity to, 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 to sell those products. And, um, but yeah, like the, the, the skateboarding thing is a, is a different subject where it's, more, it's really specialized footwear. Even though we're not using it for skateboarding, it's still... Um, like for a different tier and I think that's good that it was only released through skateboard shops skate shops like I personally yeah. don't have any plugs in skateboard shops and there's a lot of stuff I missed out on but I wouldn't say oh that should be widely available I'm thinking like that's actually pretty cool because yeah, it gives the opportunity to these smaller skate shops that don't get the your Travis Scott and not your easy stuff to you know do something interesting. And yeah. I see loads of these, uh, you were mentioning um, Altitude. I know um, Emil works with them a lot. I think it's super cool that they use creatives, uh, independent creatives to, to, to do content for them. And uh, you know, they get the, the community involved. That's yeah. real involvement from the community. You know, every brand, every retailer is talking about how they want to invest in the community. No, they just want to make money. That's, yeah. that's what they do. That, that's the truth behind it. But then you have, you know, smaller shops, smaller brands doing things like that. And that's a good thing. Yeah, and they should they should keep doing doing this way. Nike shouldn't make SBs widely available to every account in the world. Yeah, no, nah, I get you. I get you. I hear that. So I've got a couple more questions, and Pedro might jump in before my last one. So my my next question is: so from a, a creative standpoint, um, you're on a creative media company. So Air Max Day and Sneakers Day. If you were to do something, and I'm not saying to give away all your ideas or anything, but what can nike do to make that day good again again the, the last three or four air max days for me have been a load of tosh the last sneakers day was a farce uh, and, and i don't think there was anybody that would tell you that it, that there was anything good about it what would you do or what could you do what or what would you do to, to 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 get that back on the radar to make it something like the first two air max days were I think bringing back the, the 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 excitement. I think you have they have to spend more money. Like that's just what it is. If you do a big activation that ultimately doesn't bring direct money to you, or you're not directly selling a product, it's obviously hurting the the, the budget for marketing or whatever for, for for those brands. But it creates excitement and it makes it makes people have a good time. Like those those MX days I was telling you about, or the the Skepta event, yeah. um, you know, that market thing. Yeah. Um, that, ultimately, like, no one was making money there. They were giving stuff away. They were they were handing out free money, like fake money, like mon Monopoly money, like to buy stuff 
within that market. You know, like you could buy a Skepta t-shirt yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And that was like crazy cool. There was food, um, like a real market. But then yeah, when you think about it, they, I don't know how much money they, they, they spent on that, but I can imagine it's a crazy amount of money and uh, there aren't that many MX-97 Skepta to sell, right? And yeah. they sold out anyways, so they didn't have to do that. But to create that kind of events is what, you know, make people have a good time and make a, an event memorable. And, uh, and that's it really like for, for Air Max day, I think that's, that's the, that's the thing that they should be doing or they should do again. Now for sneakers day, the last few sneaker day to, to me, like, 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 like you said, it's not nothing interesting. Like if you don't have time to like sit on the app, I mean, first of all, I think there was no major releases, right? There was, um, no, it wasn't. Year. No, exactly. No. So even if you spend all day waiting, it's completely useless. Uh, but there was those, those few, like, I think a few years ago, they did that. Uh, when, when there was loads of uh, restock of uh, off white, there was like them codes that you had to guess and then go back on some of the previous release pages to scratch whatever, and then you can get some restocks of off white. Do you remember that one or not? I I I, I remember something. I I just don't remember it being as vivid. It was as that. like it was like a list of uh, of uh, clues. And whatever the clue number one was, he was um, referring to a, re- a release that happened during the year. Let's right. say you would go on the, um, of the, on the Air Jordan for whatever of the year. You'd go there and you scroll down and you scratch something and then the Jordan, Jordan 1 off-white popped out. Right. And then you could buy it. It was something like that was cool. Obviously, I didn't get any of the clues. Uh, first of all, because I'm French and everything was in English. <laughs> so I, I, it wasn't like I didn't understand anything. But when you saw people unlocking shoes he was like oh wow that's crazy like you know that that shoe released a while ago or you know it was sold out and you know they got it again sick so that was like a online app inside app uh, treasure hunt that was pretty cool what i, yeah, I like the most um i'm not saying it's, a, it's the best thing to do but i think it was last year not two years ago when they did that sneaker hunt in east london yeah i remember that so I, I know for the UK um, oh, there was a Jordan. Uh, it was a Sakai LD waffle, the first colorway, the blue, red, and yellow. Right. And then there was the the no resale Jordan one in the afternoon, whatever. Right. So that was pretty cool because um, I think we were waiting all day for clues or whatever, and then they would just announce the location, and everyone was going. I was having lunch with my wife in East London, yeah. And I saw hundreds of people walking down Brick Lane or whatever, like running. I was like, hey, what's going on? And I, and I opened my app. I was thinking that was the, the, the sneaker day thing. Right. And I saw it was that. And we we got the bill and we, we headed over that same location. Was that strategic? Had, was that lunch strategic to be in No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> we had no idea it was going to be East. We live in East. So we were just there. Like, it just happened. That's why it was exciting because we just happened to be there. It could have been anywhere. Uh, and we walked to that... Um, the back in the back street where there was that big um, uh, sneak uh, sneaker sign, and it was like oh crazy. And then I managed to get the shoes. Uh, my wife got, managed to get the shoes, and most people who were there at that moment managed to get the shoes. I, I think even for three hours straight, if you arrived, you could get the shoes. So that was exciting because you get people moving. You end up seeing friends, you know, people that are there that, that you know were chasing the thing as well. And um, I remember people, people staying around all day waiting for the next one. And it was just like people chilling, Didn't you know, mm-hmm. having, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Uh, now I know there is another one, like everyone thought it was in Tottenham or something like that, but then there was nothing. So there was like 
a thousand people in Tottenham for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, that, that is like special things that you can talk, if you can talk about it afterwards, I think that's when brands are winning. If you do loads of stuff online and in the app and this and that, whatever, and then all people remember it was like that it was crap, then you're wasting your time. All right, okay. So, yeah, if you're going to spend money, do it so that people can really talk about it. Yeah, cool, cool. All right. Um, Emil, I think you had a question. Yo, yo, yo. Can you hear you? Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, yo. Cool. Um, hey, Emil. Hello, bro. Uh, two questions for you. Um, the first one is, I can hear a weird noise in the background. Is that your dog snoring? Yes, she's sleeping right now. Sorry oh, about that. Cool. Sorry Happy about that. Happy birthday to your dog, by the way. Thank you. I'll tell her. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, secondly, um, what would you... Is there... In your time doing what you're doing, have you found a distinct difference between the sneaker culture between the UK, Paris, and uh, Japan? Uh, you, you're talking about in the creative industry? Just in general. But, I mean, I mean, if you can differentiate between the two, that would be, that'd be cool as well. Oh, so so the, your first question was like, like the sneaker scene? Is my that what we meant? My was about your dog. But my second question <laughs> was about, yeah, the, the sneaker scene. Um, yeah, the, I mean, yeah, the sneaker scene, sneaker culture as in like the, the consumers. Um, yeah, I suppose between the consumers and also the industry. Oh, oh, okay. So the sneaker scene, I'd say Paris and London are quite similar. Um, can everyone hear me? Because I can't hear anything. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Can hear you as well? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, carry on. Um, yeah, London and like UK and France are pretty similar uh, in terms of releases and in terms of like product that people are after. Um, so yeah, like people are you know you have the same kind of kind of communities um, within the industry within the sneaker scene. So it's quite similar. Now Japan is very different. Uh, for having been there like so many times, people are very respectful. Um, like there's queues all the time for everything, um, and it's like you're queuing for raffles only. But like it's it is a different vibe. I, I don't feel like there is a, um, that. I might be wrong. I, I don't feel like there is a, a big community sentiment between the collectors and stuff. While in in I'd say Paris and London, there is a much stronger community feel. Um, Japan is like I see people buying their stuff and then they they go they they sign up for raffle whatever but they don't stick around. Um, I have I've worked with Atmos in, in Japan and stuff. I went to releases and stuff and yeah, it's, people are very into their products there. And uh, once they get what they want, that's I feel like that's the end of the story. I could be wrong, but that's the the the, the feel I, I get from a European perspective. Um, now about the the industry talking about the creative industry um i do like obviously i'm french i'm in london i do feel like there is a lot there are a lot more opportunities in the uk uh for everyone compared to other places um to start with paris paris is um how, how, how would you say that i know that some of my friends who, who work in a creative industry they have certain jobs but they they will find it hard to to get their foot in the door with other brands that they haven't worked with because they're already working with some people and they don't like changing suppliers. I feel like that's what's happening at the moment. And that's what some of my friends uh, in France are telling me. Um, I'm sure it's not the case for everyone. 
especially with bigger brands that uh, are mu- multinationals rather than just you know French. But yeah, I think as a in the French culture, um, people like tend to trust whoever they work with, and they don't really want to bother finding someone else. So if you if you want to look for new businesses, I think it's pretty hard. It could be pretty hard. That's what my friends are telling me in France. Uh, Japan now is completely different. Japan is very, very uh, in-house centered for brands. Um, even there, like my friends were telling me, like when I, I give them ideas about doing events, uh, you know, launch events, like we did for our launches in Japan, it seems quite innovative for them. Because nobody really feel understand the need of spending money to do a launch event the night before the actual release of a of a product or a collection, and uh, you you can see it's only the big brands that are international that do that, and that works really well. But the the very local brands, the Japanese brands, they they don't really understand it yet. And um, when we brought that, uh, the few times when we we did you know pop ups over there. People loved it that, you know, to bring food and drinks the night before to invite some VIP, some close friends, uh, press to, you know, discover the collection to be, to give them the opportunity to, to buy the products ahead of, uh, ahead of the release is, is a uh, very different for them because they, the, Japan, the Japanese love following rules. So if you want a product, you buy it on the release day. That's how it is. Like it's the same for everyone. Um, unless you have, you know, friends and who can hook you up, but otherwise they don't really understand how you can get stuff before the release date. And that's something that you, we have to respect as well. It's different. There's differences in, in culture. Um, so yeah, the, the, the creative industry is very different there. That's why we had quite a lot of opportunities there before COVID, uh, because what we were doing was different from the people over there. Uh, and that helped us a lot with them for sure. Awesome, man. Um, just uh, off, off the back of, a, um, of an opinion that Jojo had last week as well, she said that in terms of fashion, that the Japanese are miles ahead of anywhere else in the world. Do you agree? I agree. I feel like they are the people that create the trends, like without us knowing. It's not like creating the trends as, as in like they bring what's, what's mainstream now. I feel like they, they plant the seed the Japanese, and then it grows into things that, you know, emerge, whether it's in the US or in Europe. But then if you retrace it back, it comes from there. Like, that's not for everything, obviously, but a lot of times, um, that's what's been happening. And if you look at um, the biggest figures in fashion, like, let's say, um, Nigo and Hiroshi, they are known to us, because we are in the, you know, sneaker scene and stuff, like, loads of people don't know them, or didn't know them. But actually, they started so many trends that you would think came from the U.S. Like, how many people actually knew who Nigo was? Not, not that many. When you at the time of vape and stuff, unless you were in that, in vape and stuff, those people had no clue who Nigo was. While you, nowadays, everyone knows Virgil is. Right? Like, those people still don't know who Hiroshi is. But he's like the godfather of, uh, of fashion or whatever you call it in, in Japan. So it's, I think it, Jojo is definitely right. Not for everything, of course, but for, for that, like for loads of trends in fashion, I definitely would give credit to the Japanese. Awesome, sick. Thanks for that, man. You're welcome.
Pedro, I'm not sure if you had... Oh, actually, AJ's on the stage. AJ, did you have a question? Yeah, mate. Go for it. Hey, AJ. What are your thoughts on the KKK in the United... So, moving swiftly on. Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> If if you're there, Pedro. Sorry, my bad. Um, I lost I lost my mic. Uh, do you know what? Come back to me, Rain. Um, my, the question I wanted to ask is gone. Uh, so back to me. Sorry. Right. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of um not say close the room. But I'm just gonna say if there's any final questions from anybody, um, just let us know. I've only got I've got two more. So Thierry, yeah. the Louis Vuitton. Um, off Louis Vuitton, off white. The Louis Vuitton um, Virgil collaboration, Air Force One, that's coming. Are you in or out? And I, I guess you're going to say in. How many pairs are you in for? Thierry's gone. He's there, but he's not. Uh, oh, he's gone. Oh, you know, he's there. Maybe he's having. Um, maybe that that person got him. Give, give him a minute. I bet, I bet you only money he's dealing with his dog right now. Um, maybe reset the room whilst, uh, whilst we wait for him. Right. So we're just um, coming to the close of our discussion with um, T. McFly, who is the I'm gonna say CEO, Managing Director and co-founder of Visionarism. Um, just giving us a bit of a history in regards to him, where he's come from, in regards to his journey through the sneaker scene and what he's done with his creative media marketing agency. Um, if you do have any questions for him, um, just raise your hand and we'll bring you up on the stage and you can ask those questions. Um, we are, we've been going for about an hour and 20, hour and 19 minutes. So we will probably... So, sorry, guys. I don't know why That's my, fine. My account was... Um... On mute, I couldn't unmute it. All right, okay, no problem, no problem. But we've got. I was, back now. yeah, I was replying to your question about the Louis Vuitton. Oh, go for one. it. So you're asking me how many pairs I would be after if I was in. Yeah. And I was saying it depends how many they let me buy. <laughs> uh, oh, money, man! No, it's, it's not that. Obviously, like, it's big balling. Um, like the old Jordan one was was massive. Mm. Um, the Air Force one is is my favorite shoe. And uh, I'm a big fan of LV as well. So obviously, I'll definitely whatever. I don't know what they're going to release. Like people are saying, um, 21 colorways. I, after talking to some people internally, they're saying that that's not. They're not going to release everything. That was yeah, for the that, for the too. runway show. They actually have uh, asked uh, people, um, like customers like me, um, what would be our favorite, our top five, or whatever it was. Have you been and, asked already? Because because I know somebody else has been. A, a, been approached and they've asked them what, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what 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 do they want they've actually asked them what do they want i i mean it depends how they turn the question to me it was more like hey out of the 21 can you like tell us which one would be your which would be your top three or top five right so okay. i think they, i don't think they know exactly which one they're releasing yet i think um if everyone was after the the blue and whites then maybe that's the one they would go for you know i i can Hardly see them releasing twenty-one colorways. Obviously, yeah, that would cost like you know over a grand or whatever. Um, but you know, never say never. I don't know because loads of them I personally didn't like. It just looked like you know um, they use their prints of you know uh, leather bags and stuff that, and they put on Air Force One, and which is a yeah. cool concept. But I don't think it works every time. Uh, some colorways were really cool. 
And, uh, and yeah, like it's going to be a hard one to get for sure. So definitely, hopefully I'll, I, hopefully I'll get my opportunity to the opportunity to get my hands at least on one. Right. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh, Pedro, did you um, think of your question before I then close? I didn't, but I have a question anyway. Um, do you think? Um, what do you think is the biggest shoe to drop? The Dior Jordan ones or the Louis Vuitton Air Force one that's on the come up? Uh, are you talking about the up, the upcoming? Dior Jordan yes. ones. No, 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 no. Um, it, the Dior Jordan ones that came out um, last, last year. year, or the Louis Vuitton Air Force ones that are coming out next year. Which do you think is the bigger shoe? Um, I personally, I prefer the like looking at them. I prefer the Jordan one, just because I feel like it's a nice, it's a nicer looking shoe. Mm. Uh, even though I prefer the Air Force one overall. I think the Jordan one, especially the highs, um, are nicer shoe, and it's like a more premium shoe for for that kind of collaboration. Um, mm. And the way it was made also look a lot more um, fine designing, like in terms of like materials and everything, construction compared to the Air Force One. The Air Force One, I only see seen pictures, of course, but it looks. Um, I feel like it looks less premium in the the way they did the designs. But that's just my opinion. Like the fact that it's very off-white oriented, rather than like Virgil is Virgil, but then that has a very strong identity with what he did with Nike through off-white, right? Because this time it's LV and Nike. Right. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think it's LV off-white and, and Nike, right? So the the fact that there is that little um, uh, tag label on the swoosh, like he did on 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 all his collaborations on off-white Nike. Uh-huh. I feel like maybe that's that's wrong. Like it's not really LV; it's off white, uh, apart from the 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 prints and the materials that they're using from LV. Um, so that's why, if for that question, I'll, I'll say the Dior Jordans. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, rain at me. Boom, skein. Right. So I, I guess I guess the the final question for me then, Thierry, is just. What's the future for vis- visionarism? Um, any secret projects or anything um, coming that we may be, may be able to get a sneak kind of sneak information into, or, or just what, what's the future for the company? Well, it's obviously secret projects all the time because it's just everything is under NDA and stuff. Not because it's a crazy projects; it's just because that's how the industry is. Mm. Um, in terms of like for us. Um, we have things coming up that are exciting, I mean, at least for our supporters, um, which is a lot of uh, clothing design. So right. that we're trying to do things right, um, do, do things properly. Until now, we've always like released um, a bit of merch, small capsule collection and this and that. So that's, that's something that we, we're very happy that we, we did. Now we're going to maybe do like bigger collections or more products that are going to leave longer than for a pop-up, you know, duration. Right, right. Um, but yeah, uh, that needs to be done properly uh, so that we are fully happy with until we actually do it. But it's definitely in the work. And uh, we have loads of people that, you know, have been asking us to, you know, to drop things, simple things like hoodies and simple hoodies, simple tees and stuff. And yeah. all this will be done. And we also want to do things that are a little bit more special, a bit more unique. And uh, hopefully... Hopefully that's going to be soon. Yeah, all right, cool. Well, it, it's been definitely a pleasure. Actually, one more thing. Obviously, through lockdown, I, I, I saw your um, 
your 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 training regimes, whether it be mixed martial arts or um, Thai boxing, have you ever are you are you ever going to actually step into the ring and 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 do a uh, uh, an official fight with someone? I was literally well, just about it, to ask that question as well. <laughs> interesting question because this answer is yes. Oh wow! And the the date will be posted soon. It's going to be a, an official fight for charity, right? Uh, so everyone will be able to donate money uh, for the course and also buy tickets to the event Mad. Uh, where we'll be fighting. And uh, yeah, it's going to be in London, right? It's going to be in London, yeah. Oh, perfect. All right, then. Yeah, cool, so, cool. So hopefully, uh, all my close friends will be there. It's going to be a, a, a nice, a nice night, fun night. Uh, everyone's going to have to be. Uh, the dress code is a uh, black tie. It's a black tie event. Oh right. So um, Emil will be able to wear the the tux he bought for my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've been, I've been, why, I've been why training hard. Why are you guys laughing? Yeah, why are you guys laughing? He looked amazing. He looked majestic. Yeah, I <laughs> I'm saying. Well, uh, I, I, I saw the picture of Emil smoking a cigar and I had to look twice. I was thinking, who's that rich guy? <laughs> Same him. I was like, rah! The king of the Philippines. <laughs> King of the Philippines, yeah. Now I hope you guys will be will be able to to come uh, to that. Fight. Yeah, man. Uh, the the date and all details with the link uh, to to purchase tickets will be posted soon. Nice, nice. very very soon. All right, man. Well, uh, unless there's any, Emil, do you have anything final to ask or to comment on? No, no, I'm good, man. All good here. All right, Pedro Pirago. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. All right, well, Thierry, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. It's been Thank a very, you very much, guys. A very Always insightful a conversation. Hopefully, in the, well, firstly, that that charity event that you've got coming up, boom, yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be there in some way, shape, or form. And then, obviously, when the um the new releases for um Visionarism come out, just let us know, and then obviously we'll cop a few pieces of that as well. But um, for people that are up on the stage, make sure you give Thierry T McFly a follow. Um, and I think we'll be back next week with a, another conversation. Until then, see you all Thank later. You guys. Zoop, zoop, Thank zoop, you guys. Peace. 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 Bye. 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 Take care.